everyone. Welcome to another episode of Professors at Work. I'm Rami Khoury, your host at the American University of Beirut, where every week I speak with a research scholar or faculty member about research they're doing, why they chose their topic, what they're discovering, and what does it mean for the rest of us. And I have this week a very special guest who uh, is a professor in the uh, political studies and public administration department, um, assistant professor in public policy and international affairs, Professor Nicolas Kosmatopoulos, who has been at AUB for some years now, working on uh, a range of different issues with a particularly exciting project that is about the maritime politics of the Mediterranean. And uh, it's a pleasure to have him. Thank you for being with us, Nicolas. Thank you, uh, Rami. It's a great pleasure to be on the show, on the Rami Khoury show. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an honor, in fact. Looking forward Thank to you. the discussion. Well, we're, we're happy to have you at, at AUB. And uh, so the work that you launched a few years ago about the Mediterranean and the sea uh, is quite uh, pioneering and uh, fascinating. Tell us a little bit about why you chose this topic, and then we'll get into what it is you're actually uh, finding and researching and, uh, and what does it mean for the rest of us? Well, where can I start? I should start by saying that uh, as an anthropologist, uh, some uh, few years ago, I was invited to join uh, the ships to Gaza. That was uh, a humanitarian uh, uh, flotilla uh, headed to uh, Gaza, Palestine. And uh, it was, of course, a form of protest against the, the embargo imposed on the strip. Uh, back then, I had no idea about the sea as a political space, and that was, uh, you know, my 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 Damascus uh, tip to Damascus moment in which uh, I realized aboard the ships that the sea matters in democratic politics, that the sea was invisible to me as a political space, and that the sea unites. Uh, and these three three major uh, principles guided me afterwards uh, while I was doing my main research on the peace experts in the Middle East. I had always in the back of my head uh, these uh, three guiding principles and uh, promised myself to keep looking at uh, the sea as a political space. Mm -hmm. What happened afterwards, you know, uh, we had tremendous uh, political upheavals in the, in the Arab uh, world. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the Arab Spring, so-called, uh, at the same time we had uh, a unique um, protest, political mobilizations in the north of the sea. You know, we had uh, the movements of the, uh, of the indignados in Spain. We had in Greece, of course, uh, a big uh, political movement and social movement against uh, the, uh, the crisis in order to uh, find um, a popular voice to the crisis that hit the country in 2008 onwards. Uh, and there was a lot of writing about what was happening, of course, in the Arab Spring. And there was a lot of writing and a lot of uh, media reporting and a lot of debates about the north of the sea. But the middle space, what happened to the sea in between as a political space? Nothing was actually happening. People were not talking about it as a political space. They were talking about it in other terms. They were talking about it as a space of, uh, of refuge, as mm -hmm. a space of disaster, as a space of humanitarian help, as a space of security, right. but not as a space of democratic politics, as a space of democratic mobilization, as a space of, of, of discussion in the societies about, about 
about what do we do about the sea. So my yes. research explores the sea as a rising platform for a non-terrestrial democracy. Now, let me explain yeah. that. I know that it sounds like too uh, co uh, complicated, but it's not. Yes. It, it builds on the social and environmental centrality of the sea to gauge its potentiality for democratic politics. Right. And I'm saying that because, you know, in social sciences, <clears throat> we tend to identify politics with the state and its territory. So, right. you know, people think in state terms about democracy, about policy, about um, social change. Uh, the sea necessarily is, a, is understood as a politically void space in which uh, mostly military ships, talking about, of course, the Ukraine to, to these days are, 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 are sailing, or, of course, uh, commerce, commercial ships are sailing, but citizens have nothing to do with it. We are somehow, you know, uh, not involved in what happens at sea. So this is a right. huge gap in the literature and in, in politics. And this is what my research uh, uh, looks uh, at. How can we look at the sea as a space for democratic politics in the light, of course, of the latest 15 years in which citizens, refugees and communities around the sea have demonstrated a notable mobilization capacity to address many issues from social to environmental uh, around uh, the sea or through the sea. Right. So what I, what I want to say, to give you an example, mm. we tend to look at the huge issue and the huge scandal uh, of refugee uh, deaths, a refugee crossing in the, in the Mediterranean. How do we yeah. speak about it? How do we talk about this? What are the terms of the debate? In Europe, that I really know uh, well because I'm following, it's discussed as refugee crisis, right? I mean, this is supposed to be a crisis uh, of refugees. Uh, that, right. uh, that is supposed to be a crisis for the states, for the European states. And Europeans have developed their ways of, uh, of channeling, of curbing, of controlling these uh, flows of refugees. Yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you. It's fascinating that it's a crisis when the refugees come from the south and east of the Mediterranean, but it's not exactly. such a crisis when they come from Ukraine, where they, they're much exactly. more quickly assisted and accommodated. Exactly. And they are not the same refugees. You know, I mean, you've been right. following, I'm sure, better than I do. Also, yeah. when you are from the States, that these refugees suddenly, and we talk about two million people, uh, don't, even, don't even create such uproar and such uh, right. a moral panic anymore. So that also, of course, important what you're saying, because these refugees are recognized as political actors, right, in the Ukrainian case. I mean, they come, you know, because they are our own refugees. Of course, there's a lot of uh, uh, racism that looks at these refugees as our own Christian, uh, European, blue-eyed, you know, uh, blonde-haired mm -hmm. refugees, while the other ones are here to alienate our civilization, which is, of course, you know, an old European uh, fear. But apart from that, the states have their own stakes in this. They treat refugees as flows that are somehow critical for their security. Uh, while the good guys, apparently the humanitarians, which of course the, the intentions are always good and there's no, uh, there's no uh, irony in this, they treat them as humanitarian victims in need. Right. None of them treats them as political actors right. who 
make a statement by crossing the sea, make a statement against borders. So how about looking at these refugees as floating demonstrations, if you wish, against the border? Wow. Like people who are demonstrating against the border. And what happens is that they're met with, uh, with uh, uh, you know, uh, different forms of, uh, of violence, either by uh, the, the, the violence of the border or the violence of the border police or the violence of the camp that awaits them on the other side of the sea. As you know, my own country has set up now closed yes. yeah. uh, that don't allow people even to interact with the local population. And these people are actually in prisons. So while this is happening, we are talking yes. about a 10-year-long massive demonstration, ongoing demonstration against borders with at least 5,000, if not more, uh, 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 casualties. So wow. why don't we look at the sea from a political lens, you know what I'm saying? And it will tell us different things. We'll start listening different things, and we hope we're going to have to do uh, we're going to have also to move into different policy directions. Um, yes. So this is what I'm. This is my 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 the the, the starting point of my research. Now. So, so yeah. Uh, no. So what do you actually do? Defining the starting points on the background that you gave. What do you what do you actually do now as you as you've been engaged in your research and what are, are there specific issues you're trying to explore through field research? Yes, of course. I'm, I'm studying the rise of what I call democratic politics at sea. At sea. If you wish, like a, fa a fancy name I have for it is democracy rising, you know, democracy as a, as a CEE in the end. Investigating emergent conflicts and grassroots mobilizations beyond state borders and national decision-making structures. I use interdisciplinary participatory methods. I use mapping, modeling, archival work, ethnography as an anthropologist but also interviews uh, with uh, communities, with uh, migrants, with activists, with uh, experts, uh, policy experts uh, beyond the nation state, audiovisuals and open science. I want generally to show how democratic politics at sea responds, but also relates to the expansion of state-centric ideas, practices and technologies, you know, like the idea of security, like the idea of sovereignty, into yes. a non-human dominated natural domain. So we're talking here, you know, I look at these movements of citizens and the emerging consciousness, the maritime consciousness that the sea matters politically that we see everywhere these days in, uh, in our discussions, not only as a, as a politicization, of the communities themselves, of migrants, of activists, of, uh, of fishermen, of uh, coastal communities that live by and through the sea, but also yeah. as a response to the encroachment of the state into the sea. And this brings me, of course, to the debates about, uh, you know, the exclusive economic zones, the extractive, right. extractive territories, oil and gas pipelines. All of these discussions are somehow had on a daily basis with the society being a big absent on the table. I mean, societies don't really talk about this. They only talk through their states. Right. We don't have, you know, interstates or uh, international foray for, for this kind of discussions. You know, the sea has always been a latecomer, if you wish, as a space for democratic politics. So I look at these emerging forms of international 
interspatial uh, discussion, debate, and mobilization, and what kind of uh, of techniques uh, they bring, uh, what kind of technologies they bring to do uh, to to interfere, to break the monopoly of the state uh, in these debates. How can they communicate with each other? How they construct grassroots movements? Uh, so I'm really very much interested in, in, in creating a holistic model for a citizen-based mm -hmm. study of maritime civil mobilization, what I call maritime action research, MAR, yes. that focuses on conflict analysis and can help improve inclusive decision-making, enhancing the participation of non-citizens, refugees, you know, coastal communities, and so on. So it's a, it's, it's a way of, uh, of proposing an agenda for the study of democracy at sea. Okay, so let me ask you a question before we get into uh, some of the actual findings and initial um, conclusions you might be reaching. Is there a significant difference between studying these questions through the lens of people who go onto the sea to migrate and leave and people who, say, cross on land to Turkey or who cross on land somewhere else? Well, that's a good question, especially because you know one could say uh, the, the the land the land route takes much longer. The sea route takes only a few uh, few hours, especially because we're talking about a very small sea compared to the oceans. You know, the Mediterranean is scale scale wise, it's a quite of a small scale sea, and which is also interesting. Why? Because you know that's if you allow me a, a, already an answer to your to your question. Mm -hmm. Most of the discussions we have, most of the frames we have to uh, to up, that apply on the law of the sea, for example, you know, uh -huh. which is about how do we decide who owns the sea, you know, how far can we drill, uh, how can we uh, draw the line between you know borders at sea between Israel and, uh, and Lebanon in this case or other countries, you know, EEZ. If you look at the history, and this is one of my findings, if you look at the history of the making of this law, of these legal forms, you realize that the scale that they were first created for, mm -hmm. it's much bigger than the Mediterranean Sea. So the scale that they, these laws refer to, the law of the sea, for example, goes back to geographies and genealogies and chronologies that have nothing to do with the Mediterranean Sea. And if we take them, I mean, they are mostly actually referring to the Pacific, which is a huge scale compared to the, to the Mediterranean. Yes. And they also refer to the age of decolonization. I mean, you know, most, most international law of the sea has been formulated, of course, during the colonial era. Uh, and right. it's also another interesting finding how we can talk about, you know, the sea as a, as a, as a space in which uh, colonialism first uh, conquered and also formed. Uh, and many of the forms that we have today, legal, economic forms, political forms, were born at sea during the time of colonialism. Give yeah. you an example in the insurance companies, you know, the insurance field. I mean, the entire insurance companies today, they were actually developed out of the shipwreck uh, uh, idea. And how how, how do we... Uh, deal with a shipwreck from an economic point of view, from a legal point of view. So having said that, it means that, you know, there is already a discrepancy how we deal with these issues. There is right. a kind of an anachronism uh, in, in dealing with these issues in the Mediterranean, while we refer to scales that don't necessarily fit in our region. So we somehow make a transfer that doesn't necessarily uh, uh, does justice, that does not do justice 
uh, uh, to the scale of our, of our Mediterranean region. So this is already um, an important finding of the research that we wow. need to have uh, to, up to, to be more culturally and, and locally uh, uh, adjusting you know, our models of, of, of legality, our models of sovereignty to the, to the history, to the geography, to the, the geology of the region. And not necessarily, mm -hmm. you know, copy paste from other places as if they are, you know, applicable uh, devices uh, without uh, right. uh, without size. You know, that size matters uh, to put it up. Yeah. And of course, history matters. Okay, so we're uh, we're slowly running out of time, uh, Nicolas. I, I know there's a lot to talk about, but tell me more about now. What are some of your initial findings or conclusions? I know this is a long-term problem project and it's only been going on for what about three four years now i think uh, what 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 are the preliminary uh, observations you have well what i have also been looking at uh, is how we make the sea visible again you know to the uh, to, to to the eye of the of the citizen uh the, the, of the contemporary citizens. I think that uh, one of the findings is that the sea is becoming extremely visible uh, as a space for politics through uh, a series of actors and a series of debates uh, that are uh, pointing at the sea as a space for uh, democratic uh, discussion and, uh, and also uh, uh, responsibility and accountability. So we do have on one hand uh, literature um, looking at the sea as a space for trade, okay, mm -hmm. and how the sea, of course, is very important for trade, is very important for labor, very important for the environment. But what is still lagging, but very much emerging, is a is a is a, it's, it's an interest in the sea as a, as a space for for sea-based democratic politics, in which uh, civil society actors have been breaking floating ground by introducing mm -hmm. uh, their own. Uh, uh, intrastate uh, uh, cooperation and co co coordination. So this right. is one finding. The other important finding is that uh, you know this is a discussion that uh, that is going on uh, in different fora around uh, the world. But the Mediterranean Sea has been is very central in uh, in introducing in in bringing up practically constantly this. Uh, uh, incompatibility of the of the international law of the sea vis-a-vis -vis other scales. So what I've been actually saying that there is a there's incompatibility. We we should be more careful in applying you know uh, uh, frames and and recipes developed for the Pacific uh, right. during the 50s, right? Uh, applying them applying them in the Mediterranean, in which you know the 200 miles, for example, uh, radius, which is you know the the Pacific uh, scale, makes sense. That's right. 200 miles of uh, you know of uh, of uh, undersea exploration uh, radius for a state makes no sense in the Mediterranean. Right. So we have to come up with different, more local, more you know, uh, um, also uh, adjusted uh, frames of, of reference for what exactly is good for us. And the third thing if you wish, and of course has to do with our region a lot, is that the discussion uh, that also the policy making around uh, issues of, that matter at sea is very much lopsided. Because yeah. the, Arab, the Arab side has been, of course, 
uh, you know, for, for good reasons, extremely busy with uh, things happening on land, uh, you know, and there's not much space, mental space, policy space, uh, even, you know, uh, ability to, to shed interest and shed some more attention to the maritime issues. So this agenda, the agenda of policy making in the Mediterranean is unfortunately still dictated, so to say, by the European vision of the sea. So we have uh, a lopsided, you know, uh, power imbalance there, which uh, needs to be addressed. And I think the way to do this is to raise consciousness in the Arab, in the Arab public, in the Arab uh, societies about the political importance and centrality of the sea. Wow. So we have time for just one last question. Um, given all this and what you're continuing to do, is part of your work uh, aiming to bring together people from around the Mediterranean to uh, work together in some kind of loose or informal or, or structured uh, mechanism where you get governments, NGOs, private sector, whatever, all working together? Or, or is this just a, a research project focused at, at AUB with a few partners here and there? Well, you said it very well. I couldn't have said it better. Uh, this is the ideal vision. This is the, the dream. Uh, the first, the first actually, description, what yeah. you describes first. Yeah. Uh, AUB is important because AUB uh, is uh, able to, to be the, you know, the, the amplifier for, for certain uh, voices that need to be heard louder. And I hope mm -hmm. that this is a, a mission taken seriously at the university. I hope to see that happening and I'm very happy to, uh, to help in any way I can. Um, having said that, this is not easy to do, you know, because as I said, uh, it takes uh, it takes a lot of things uh, to be able to create a, a sustainable, systematic, and successful uh, intervention. You know, it takes, of course, right. a lot of, uh, for example, teaching. You know, just to give you an example, uh, I, the last years I teach uh, maritime affairs uh, in politics department and in anthropology. You would be surprised to see that when students take the class, the first reaction is, as, "Why should we study the sea? What is it? There's nothing <laughs> yeah. in there. It's just course, a vast yeah. amount of water that we go to swim sometimes, and not even anymore because it's dirty." You know, on Beirut, but what's there? And in the last class, you know, the last uh, session mm -hmm. of, the, of the class, they realized that practically everything, everything, the, the national system, the political economy, the international political economy that we have today, the legal system that we're having today, you know, the political system, you know, uh, the way that we understand the environment, the climate change, you know, there are so many things that relate and actually start, begin at sea. So this is exactly the, I think, the way to do this. We have to understand the societies as a huge university, you know, as a huge class that needs right. to be re-educated uh, in the centrality of the sea as, as for the democratic politics. It's not a place anymore in which you drop things. You know, the, the sea has always been this depository, mm. right? You, you right. drop things yeah. you, and then you forget about them. Yeah. But now the sea spits back everything that you've been dropping in, in there. You know, it spits back, of course, you know, uh, waste. Spits yes. back, of course, you know, it rises, also rising sea levels. It's very threatening and very important to address, but also unfortunately spits back, you know, uh, bodies. Uh, and this all matters. So we have to address all of these phenomena together 
uh, as a political phenomenon, not compartmentalized, you know, as people who are threatening um, the European borders. These are also people who have been, you know, protesting against European borders and against the European idea of border, but also, you know, as the, the need to raise the, the consciousness about the importance of the sea as a space for politics, for democracy, for, for social uh, and, uh, and environmental issues in the society. And right, well, do that, yeah. Yeah, and if we're not careful, the sea with climate change and um, depletion of underground fresh water, the sea is going to come and engulf us all one day if we're not careful. Yeah, or even before that, <laughs> you know, all this discussion about uh, extractivism, about, uh, uh, you know, petroleum drilling, uh, all of these are very, right. uh, very sensitive issues that need to be uh, addressed in their respective scale. Again, you know, right. the, the Mediterranean is a closed sea. It's not easy, for example, to deal with an accident. You know, it's, right. not, any, it's not the Pacific in which you hope, of course, even that anymore is not the case, that you hope that, uh, you know, things will wash away, uh, the oil will going to be washed away. This is going to be a disaster for the entire region. So we have to right. find mechanisms to address the scale of the problem. Right. Uh, as well, it, as it presents itself to us, yeah. Yeah, and we're uh, AUB, and the region is lucky to have you and your colleagues working on these issues at AUB. Well, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. Yeah, that so, was that was really good. That was really short. Uh, well, but so thank so thankful to you to give me the the platform for this. Well, there's a lot to talk about. We'll do it again in the future. So I have to thank you, Nicholas uh, Kosmatopoulos, and uh, thank our audience for being with us. This is Rami Khoury with this edition of Professors at Work from the American University of Beirut. Join me again next week, and bye for now.